following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Hi there, and welcome to Authentic Living. You know, the process of self-healing must, at its most effective, include mindfulness. Our guest for this week is Sue Patton Holy. Author of the book, Mindful Woman, along with several others, is here to talk with us about what it means to be mindful. The process of mindfulness is exactly that, a process, and its most important feature is the ability to look within without judgment. This means we don't label our thoughts, feelings, beliefs, or even our life events and our responses to them as either good or bad, wrong or right. We simply see them and even learn to sit with them. Sue's work is mostly for women, but the same process applies to all genders. Sue Patton Tholey is the author of nine books, including The Courage to Be Yourself, A Woman's Guide to Emotional Strength and Self-Esteem, and the topic of today's discussion, The Mindful Woman, subtitled Gentle Practices for Restoring Calm, Finding Balance, and Opening Your Heart. Sue's strength is in her personable interaction with her readers and followers. She opens her heart and her story for us in a way that invites us into her mind so that we can more clearly see our own. Thank you so much, Sue, for being on our show today, and welcome. Well, thank you for inviting me, Andrea. All right. Well, let's just jump right in there. Tell us what, how you define mindfulness. What is mindfulness? Well, it's being, I have four different elements, which I'm sure we'll get into, but that I consider important for the novice mindfulness person or, or even the person who's been trying to practice mindfulness for a long time because it is exactly that. It's a practice and it's a lifelong thing. But the elements that I highlight are uh, paying attention, living in the moment, simplifying, and then the all-important breathing. And the definition of mindfulness that I like to use in my own life is inhabiting your own life, being present to yourself, what you're feeling, what you're thinking, the circumstances around you in the moment. So if we can bring our entire self to the moment, then we'll make so many fewer mistakes and so many better choices. Absolutely. I love that definition, inhabiting your own life. Mm-hmm. That is really what it is about living inside your dwelling, inside yourself, inside mm-hmm. your moment mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, and being available to what is outside of you also and allowing it to impact you and and bring up in you awe and gratitude or rage or you know, whatever it really does call forth, but just being there without, you know, you mentioned this, but without judgment, and that's a hard thing for us. We are so prone to leap to judgment, especially about ourselves. Yeah, that constant process of evaluating and sorting things into the good and bad category is just almost second nature. Well, evaluating and sorting, I think, is fine. But but when we label it good and bad, that's when we get in trouble. Right, right. Okay. Well, we're using mm-hmm. different language for, uh, I think, the same thing. That says, right. That basically says what we're doing is categorizing things into a good or bad uh, category, and that's not going to help us, is it? Right. And if if we can say, if instead of instead of doing those those words, the good or the bad, which are both are just laden with different kinds of feelings and different kind of messages that, that we've gotten in the past or we get from society. But if we, can, if we can say, okay, now, is this working for me right now? You know, is this attitude or this um, decision 
uh, making me feel better about myself and better about them or her or it or whatever. Um, that's a different way. Mm-hmm. It absolutely it, is. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it's one of the uh, paradoxes that we somehow think we should feel bad about, you know, things that come up in our lives, that we should judge ourselves, that we should mm-hmm. uh, be putting ourselves down for that. And uh, somehow we've gotten that idea, and it's hard to shake, isn't it? Well, let me see. Let me think. Let's see. What springs to mind is a sentence I might have heard once or twice early on, and that you should be ashamed of yourself. Mm, there you go. <laughs> oh, <is>. okay. <laughs> I will be. <laughs> okay. Right. We, we all agreed with that, didn't we? <laughs> well, we, we longed to be accepted and embraced and included, and if our behavior... Um, didn't bring those things to us, then we tried to do what we could to rejoin the the clan. Yep, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Yep, so this whole thing about shame and good and bad doesn't really have to do with some uh, absolute good and bad. It has to do with our need to reconnect with people or to connect with people that we desperately need. Well, you know, I think, Andrea, and, and you've probably found this in your work tremendously, but... But women especially, I think everybody needs connection, but women especially thrive, only thrive, when they are connected to people whom they care about, admire, respect, love, um, you know, feel attached to. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'd like to expand that, if that's okay, and sure. the women and men, the, the feminine part of men also yes. longs for that connection. Yes, yes. yes. Okay. Our society hasn't been just really great at uh, supporting that yet, but it's coming around. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, okay, you talk about cultivating compassionate awareness in your book. Why is that the first practice you mentioned about mindfulness? Oh, gosh. Well, well, first of all, I think compassion, um, my tagline that I have used on my business cards for, oh, gosh, I can't even tell you how long, decades, has been live gently with yourself and others. And basically what that's talking about is increasing our ability to be compassionate toward ourselves and to people with whom we are reacting or interacting or even seeing about, like like I'm sure many of us are feeling that way about the Haitian people right now. Mm-hmm. And um, so compassionate awareness, first of all, everything begins with awareness. Something we're not aware of, we can't do anything about, even if that requires changing, then if we're not aware of it, you know, we can't do anything about it. So I think we're more likely to be aware, to become aware of something. For instance, um, a negative attitude we hold, a, a behavior pattern that isn't healthy for either ourselves or our relationships. If we're not aware of that, we're just going to keep on digging the hole. Mm-hmm. We're going to be much more willing to become aware of it if we do so compassionately and not shamefully or judgmentally. Right, right. Okay. So we get to know ourselves better, actually, if we're, if we're compassionate toward ourselves. Oh, yes, because who, who's going to expose themselves, even internally, if they're going to be having the slings and arrows of judgment and, and all that negative stuff thrown at them? We're, we're not going to do it to ourselves either. So, yes, we, with compassionate awareness, then we can have the courage and the safety to uncover stuff that needs to be changed or old wounds that need to be healed or attitudes that need to be altered. Right. So the same thing we hope and we long for from other people, which is not non-judgment, we long for ourselves to do it as well. (laughs) Well... If we if we don't do it to ourselves, it's pretty good bet we're not doing it real well with other people either. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Okay. So, all right. Let's talk about. You mentioned in the moment uh, at the beginning of the show when you were talking about the definition of mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to that a minute. Okay. You know, we hear hear that on TV and movies and in the media, and uh, of course, like any other buzz phrase, it's taken on different connotations mm-hmm. with different people. So, mm-hmm. what do you mean by in the moment, and how do people get into the moment? Well, I I think that you keep reminding yourself and keep checking with yourself, 
okay, am I outside of my body right now or am I actually living within it right now and within my own uh, awareness and uh, consciousness? Because we're, we're often um, out in the future and we're, or back in the past. And the inhabiting the moment is just exactly what it says. We, we are here right now and we're not trying to be someplace else or doing something else. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rephrase it a little bit. And I had said one of my uh, definitions of mindfulness was the art of inhabiting your own life. So if consciously, and I'm going to underscore consciously, um, we are thinking about something in the past, and we can come back to this. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, we'll be back in just a few minutes with more from Sue Patton Foley, author of the book The Mindful Woman. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T, with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. When I found out my jeans were made using child labor in sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor in sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back thanking me for my concerns and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who will work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We're back with Sue Patton Foley uh, talking about her book, uh, The Mindful Woman, and we've been uh, we've been uncovering some of the ways that a person can um, become more mindful, cultivating compassion, inhabiting your own life, and uh, learning about how to live in the moment. And I think that's where we were when just before the break. Did you have anything else you wanted to say about that? Sue? Yeah, I do. Um, I was saying that the word uh, consciously is the 
one that I, I think I'd like to highlight right now, and that is that um, anything we're doing or thinking about uh, consciously is being in the moment. For instance, if there was a relationship in my life that I felt needed some um, shoring up or and, and I and I decided to think about that consciously, and I went back into the past uh, to kind of re-explore experiences between us, I believe that's being in the moment because I'm consciously moving back in the past in order to learn from it. And the same can be said if I decided that I wanted to um, organize a trip I was going to be taking this summer and I'm consciously organizing that trip, even though that's about the future. I am in the moment preparing for that right then. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, thank you for that clarification. Yeah. Esther. That's a very good point, because I think we we are so hard on ourselves once we get an idea in our head about what we should be doing in order to raise our consciousness. We, mm-hmm. we tend to put that into the, take it out of the transpersonal and put it into the ego and, and make it more, oh, God, i got to do this, i got to do it right, mm-hmm. you know. Well, you know, the reality is the the theme that I wrote this book around, and that's because it's what I needed, um, was a few mindful moments make a world of difference. Mm-hmm. Even, even monks who have been practicing mindfulness for their lifetime will tell you that it is a continual remembering. And so for those of us who are sort of new to it, and um, and I was pretty new to the idea of mindfulness when I first wrote this book, and so it was a tremendous learning experience for me, and really changed my life. Um, it's one of the two books that I've written um, that have changed my life the most, and the, it, one was the first one, The Courage to Be Yourself, and the other one was this one, The Mindful Woman, and so it's Anytime we can remember to come back into the moment, it does make a world of difference in our lives. And I want to just give you an example of why. Because the world is just filled with incredible wonders. If we're not right here, right now, we're not going to see those wonders that are around us at the time. And so we're not going to experience the awe and the gratitude. And I'll tell you, Andrea, in the, in the midst of the things that we are inundated with, like, those, like the heartbreaking pictures from Haiti and the scary as the Dickens uh, terrorist things and the economy, you know, ad infinitum, if we don't come back to the moment and consciously think about and look around us at that which is magnificent and marvelous and wonderful, we can drown. So that's one thing that mindfulness has done for for me. It has helped me remember to come back and be present. Yeah, and I I really like that word remember because it feels like you're saying I'm you know, I've been dismembered and now I'm remembering. I'm putting my members <laughs> back together again. And it's, I hadn't thought of that. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like we're just scattered. We're out there and we're in mm-hmm. here and we're over there and we're over there and we're thinking about a hundred different things at once and we're just not co- collected, gathered back together into one piece. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things I experience when I really practice being in the moment is I'll you know, I'll look around and see the colors and the tones and hear the sounds, and all of a sudden my I can literally feel my shoulders relaxing. Yes. Instantly. Yes. That's one of my clues that, okay, I'm there. Yes. Yes. Well, that's exactly, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay, so you speak of also of clarity in your book, and I think singularly, if there were one thing that, I, that we're, we're all looking for, it's clarity. So nothing gives us guidance better than those moments of clarity. So how does a person attain clarity? <laughs> well, let's see. If you'd ask me yesterday, <laughs> um, I, I think that, that when we are really in tune as much as possible with ourselves, um, and if we sit down and shut up 
and learn to wait a little bit, we allow clarity to bubble up or we allow the voice, the still small voice of our heart to actually be heard. When, when we are absolutely overactive and cramming so many things into us, we become overstimulated and it's like having static on the line and it's hard to have any clarity when there's a lot of static. So one of the things is to simplify. Okay. <laughs> one of the things is to sit down and we all, I believe, and I'm an Aries, so I am not the most naturally patient and wait person in the world. Um, but in learning to be more mindful, I have also learned that sometimes clarity takes a little time. It's, it's just like the, the example we all use, and that is the, if you churn up the waters, um, you're not going to be able to see the bottom. I, I happen to love swimming with dolphin off of the coast of the Bahamas in the wild. And if the weather is stormy and the sea is rough, it's impossible to see the bottom of the ocean, and it's almost hard to see the dolphin if they come to the boat. However, if the weather is calm and the sea is glassy, you can practically see all the little things on the starfish on the bottom of the ocean. That's our minds, Andrea. They're usually in a state of turmoil and churning. Clarity doesn't come from that. Absolutely. So being still and and, uh, listening to the still small voice. And I think that it's interesting. We are talking about these things, these peaceful objectives, but we haven't mentioned the word religion at all. And so this does not have to be something that uh, you uh, have to include into some kind of uh, organized uh, religion. It just is a way of being with yourself and feeling more alive. Is that true? Uh, yes, and. Yes, um, almost every religion that I've ever studied has a um, contemplative um, branch of it somewhere, or there were contemplative uh, origins somewhere. They've probably gotten lost, or in many religions they've gotten lost, but, but they started out with prayer, meditation, whatever, that is contemplative, which does say, basically, be still, be still and know that I am God. That Almost every religion has something of that in its origins, which we've now lost in many cases. So I think that you can be a very mindful atheist and you can be a very mindful fundamental whatever if that's what you are intending to do. Right. Very clear. Thank you very much for clarifying Mm -hmm. that. So, okay, I think then there's another extremely important and also deeply calming objective that we resist terribly. And that is accepting what is, which you talk about in your book. I think with all the literature out there today about the law of attraction and putting your mind in the right gear about what you desire, this idea of accepting what is is a little confusing to us. So how do we both draw on what we desire and simultaneously accept what is? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I hear this. Let me me say why I'm asking that question. I hear this so commonly, Mm -hmm. uh, almost daily. Well, I, the law of attraction, um, I, I believe, is a, is a very, um, well, I mean, I, mean it's, I think it's important. <laughs> I, I do believe that it is a law and it does work. Howsoever, I'm not altogether pleased with the way it's been brought into the awareness, of, you know, kind of general awareness. Thank you. Um, I think, as you have already said, it has done us a disservice uh, as well as a service. Mm-hmm. So one, one of the things is acceptance um, is, is an ah-so-okay kind of attitude. 
um, which lends itself to um, love, compassion, gentleness, and awareness. Um, oh, shucks. Okay, well, we'll come back to this, okay? Okay. All right. Well, we'll be back in just a moment with more Authentic Living and more Sue Patton Thole. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh. There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earned my PhD in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit A-I-H-T dot E-D-U. All my love. What can you tell me about SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome. Well, it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that, to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people. web at skillsusa.org. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free. 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We're back with Authentic Living, brought to you by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. You know, if you want to raise your consciousness and get a degree at the same time, check out the American Institute of Holistic Theology at AIHT.edu. You'll find out a lot of things about how you can really um, serve yourself and your world. Okay, we were talking just before the break, Sue, about um, how it is that we can get confused about this um, idea that we, the law of attraction teaches us on the one hand that if we, it, how we think is what we attract. Right. And on the other hand, we're being told that we need to accept what is. Mm-hmm. Those seem to be mutually exclusive concepts to us, and it's very difficult for us to bridge the gap. So I'm counting on you to help us bridge okay. that gap today. Well, I'll do my best. Okay. Um, attraction and acceptance are the same vibration. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we, when we get our wills into it and we think we can will ourselves to attract things if we just think the right things, those are, those are disparate um, energy frequencies. So 
and when we get hooked in the, um, if I only thought the right way, if I only did the right, if I only affirmed the right way, blah, 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 we can do what I have heard termed mal, um, metaphysical malpractice on ourselves. So I've got a story. Okay, I, have, I know a, a, a wonderful, smart, beautiful young woman who has a, a master's in spiritual psychology and has all the tools, right? Mm-hmm. So she was doing all this mind mapping and yada, 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 and things were not going her way, and she was just down on herself. Oh, my God, if I was just doing it right. And then finally she fell into this, if God really loved me, if I were really making myself lovable, if I were doing it correctly. Well, it turns out, Andrea, that this young woman was um, was suffering from uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome from a really hideous childhood, which she had tried to shellac over with all this stuff to do. Mm-hmm. So when she finally received that diagnosis in kind of a weird way, and then find a, found a therapist whom she really identified with and began EMDR therapy, she still was hooked on, I should be able to attract what I want because blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't until she accepted the extent of her wounding and the amount of patterning that that had created in her brain as well as her behaviors, that she was able to relax into healing. Well, I'll tell you, it's been miraculous. As soon as she stopped doing that ego-driven, willful, I can do this, and accepted the reality of what she had been sort of formed into and took into the healing, the EMDR sessions, and acceptance, it's been like miraculous. Her attitude is different. Um, she was before, you know, tense, and she is not now. She has a new job that's better paying. I mean, it's just that acceptance needed to come of what really was going on inside of her. And now, now the things that she has longed for, are coming toward her, but she's relaxed and is not doing quite as much, you know, mind mapping and that kind of thing. She's she's really sort of relaxing into loving herself. Right. I, that's a beautiful, beautiful story and a great example of exactly what an answer to the question. And, and, and I really like the fact that you said that... Um, acceptance and attraction are the same energy because I find that when we get into that in-the-moment place where we are inhabiting our lives our, and our bodies and our minds, then we are able to just recognize what is truly ours yes. and what is not. Yes. And as we recognize it, we are attracting it. Yes. And yes. that is a form of acceptance. Yes. That was great. <laughs> I want you to email me that. I did good, huh? Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you know the that's the that it is very confusing, and we are we are uh, we are so studied in following the experts. Well, you know the the one word I want to bring out here is um, if we get too stuck in, we ought to be able to do it, and if we just do it right, we can attract what we want. We are setting ourselves up for guilt. Acceptance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm is a much softer, much more guilt-free. Um, and I'm not talking about wussiness. I'm not talking about wimping out when I'm talking about acceptance. I'm talking about just open-eyed, open-hearted, ah, uh, so, instead of, oh, no. That's, yeah. that's a different energy altogether. Absolutely. You talk in your book about softening. Mm-hmm. Say some more about that. Well, it, it, it's a huge subject. Um, if we've been wounded um, early on, um, we, we probably have had to harden our hearts, literally, in order to feel protected and safe. Um, 
which is one reason why I, I absolutely, if I have a soapbox, it is live gently with yourself. Because if you don't, you will, of necessity, need to harden your heart. And so as you soften, as you get more and more mindful, more and more accepting, more and more gentle, it's safe enough to soften. And and that's when, I'm going to use your word, that's when our authenticness can come through. Because our authenticness is a soft, spiritual soul soulful energy. It's going to tap lightly and whisper softly, but it's not going to ram down the barriers that we put up. It's just not. It's much more patient than that. Yeah. Yeah. So it will wait. So softening, softening, softening allows us to get more to the core of our self, our spiritual reality. Very well said, very well said. And, you know, when we go back to the idea of accepting what is, isn't forgiveness some form of acceptance? I think forgiveness is just one of the smartest things we can possibly do. And the reason is that non-forgiveness, just it's, it's like stepping on the hose that brings us to the water of our lives. Um, it just pinches us off from the flow of, God's energy and God's love and our own um, chi, if you want to refer to it that way. Um, so um, forgiveness is basically really important. It's also really hard, especially if we hold a, um attitude of it shouldn't be or it should have been or that was wrong or, you know, that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. so forgiveness and acceptance go hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and definitely a part of the softening, not the hardening process. Yeah, it's also part of the letting go of thinking that we know the right thing. Um, you know, there's such a comfort in not knowing, and I think I, I am speaking, you know, from a fairly advanced age, <laughs> and I have noticed that that has been, to me, um, one of the the most wonderful things of of aging is that that as other things became heavier and saggier, my spirit seems to become lighter and and more open. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, I, I think that whole thing about forgiveness is is another one of those conundrums for us because we can get into shooting, telling ourselves we should forgive, and sh- which sort of closes <laughs> up the valves of forgiveness. <laughs> <laughs> Any time you should on yourself, you're you're clamping down and hardening. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can instead say, "I want to." Any time you say, "I have to" or "I should," you know you know this that you're just gonna you, some part of you is gonna stand up and fold their arms and say, "Oh, like hell, yeah, right, <laughs> make <laughs> me." Yeah, watch this. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, and but when you can say. Um, Hmm, okay, my intention is to forgive. And maybe you have to accept I'm not there yet. Right. Right, and it definitely is a process, and it is one of those where we just begin to explore what's inside of us and accept what is there. You know, process is the most perfect word, which is one reason why it's so wonderful to have a workbook, (laughs) because then you you even have a framework for processing. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Well, you also speak of something called accessing the body's w- wisdom, which I really mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're, we, we're sh- just a few minutes before the break, but I just want to launch into that just a little bit. Um, uh, we're on the fringes of understanding the body, uh, I think, now, as, a, as always talking to us, and, and that mm-hmm. discussion with us is very wise, if mm-hmm. we will but tune in. So how do we begin to access this wisdom? Well, once more, it's awareness and mindfulness. Um, our bodies, you know, we there's that old story about Mrs. Brown lived a short distance from her body. <laughs> so when we can, when we can come back and really inhabit our body, and we can encourage it by listening to um, to 
speak to us, then it will. And and our bodies speak in, well, it, they are, I mean, our bodies are the oldest, most ancient part of us, so they carry a lot of wisdom. Okay. Well, we're going to come back for our last segment with Sue Patton Tholey in just a few minutes, so stay tuned. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T, with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. Over there? Over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, <laughs> she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, <laughs> no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. <laughs> Turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at pornlearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. America is facing a skilled workforce shortage. SkillsUSA can help. What is SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA is life-changing. SkillsUSA is awesome. SkillsUSA is one of the biggest opportunities life can give you. SkillsUSA is amazing. SkillsUSA is motivating. SkillsUSA specifically prepares you for the workforce. SkillsUSA empowers students to connect with a network of people, starting with their classmates, to their advisors, to other people in their states. SkillsUSA allows students to connect with business and industry, to manage their education, and to really get a feel of the real world. I'm doing something now that's going to be applicable in the real world, and those skills are going to be useful today in school and in five years when I'm working and for the rest of my life. On the web at skillsusa.org. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Okay, this is our final segment with Sue Patton 
Stoli, uh, talking today with us about mindfulness. And we were, uh, we, what I want to do first, before we go any further, is give our uh, listening audience an opportunity to find out how they can make contact with you or learn more about you. Okay. So. Um, I have a website, and it's my name, which is Sue, S-U-E, uh, middle name Patton, P-A-T-T-O-N, and last name Tholey, T as in Tom, H-O-E-L-E.com, and that's SuePattonTholey.com. And uh, you can see all my books and you know that kind of stuff on there. So I'd love it. To, and you can also contact me. Okay, good. Okay, great. And they can purchase your books there on that site. Yes, there's links to Amazon. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Super. All right. Well, we were talking just before the break about body awareness, and I Mm -hmm. want to go back to that because I think it's a real important topic. Okay, great. You were were saying. Okay, well, I was was talking about the um, body holds our most ancient wisdom and that I really believe that what the Akashic records are, which is, you know, supposed to be the record of everything that's ever happened in any incarnation, what the Akashic records are to our soul's progression, this body we're in right now is to this incarnation. So when we, when we um, pay attention to our body and we listen to its its messages, and those messages can come any way, like a, the tightening of your heart or the, or the closing down of your throat. Or, um, In fact, I've got a story. Oh, I hope it, we have time. Um, when I was a kid, I was taught that, um, you know, boys didn't really want to hear about you. They just wanted, you were supposed to, in order to be a good date, you were just supposed to talk about them. And I had this chronic frog in my throat. <laughs> and I can remember getting up in the middle of a movie once and going out and hacking and coughing because, you know, it's not very attractive to go <laughs> all the time when you're on a date. And it wasn't, that frog didn't leave until I began to pay attention to what my body might be trying to say to me. And what it was saying is, speak up, dearie. It's okay. You know, say what you believe. And when I began to do that, that frog was gone. And my kids, when they were little, my one son said to me, I was never afraid of getting lost because I could hear, (laughs) 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 So so it took me a while, as you can see. Yeah. But um, that's just one, one, a small example of us listening to our body. If... If we are going somewhere and our bodies tense up, we should, it would be a good idea. I should say, I noticed that should word yuck. Uh, it would be a good idea to say, oh, what are you trying to tell me? You know, so paying attention will give us this vast storehouse of information that we can then act on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, why is it that we're so afraid of, of listening to our bodies? Well, because they are the vast storehouse. <laughs> okay. And so, and so if we listen to them, we're going to need to uh, pay attention and possibly heal stuff that we're working hard to design. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it is interesting, you know, this, this uh, body-mind connection, how much we can shove down into our bodies, isn't it? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, as a therapist, I, I didn't, ever believe that if, for instance, if there was abuse in your background, that you had to remember every single little icky detail. Thank you. I just really believed that you needed to acknowledge that that was a possibility and then move into the healing of it. Um, because I think we can also, if we get too caught in, in delving into everything, we could just overwhelm and ourselves. And re-traumatize ourselves. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And so I think we can, you know, we can group things. So so what I want to tell listeners is that, that tuning into your body doesn't mean you have to re-experience. At least not everything. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it gives you the information, and I think the most interesting information is what's going on in your body today. Well, because, yes, because it is definitely... Linked, linked to whatever you were taught or whatever you brought along. Yeah, 
it's an accumulative thing. Right. right. But it's... but if you handle what's what it's saying today, you can also ask that it go back and heal in the past. Yep. Okay, so it's a fount of information, and uh, you know I've been curious about this. Uh, so. Uh, Back in the 60s and 70s, the big deal was to have an out-of-body experience. And <laughs> I wonder how many of us got stuck out there. <laughs> well, a lot of us are out there all the time. <laughs> really? Uh, really? That's true. Yeah, only not enjoying it nearly as much. Um, actually, I, I, I do know of one person whom uh, I and several other people needed to go out and um, collect uh, or coax back. Uh, so I do have some personal experience about uh, knowledge about the fact that you can get lost. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and particularly when there's been some kind of trauma, we can do that. But the hope is that we're right there, and all we have to do is remember, reassemble ourselves, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, uh, and, and honor, and honor, Andrea. Mm-hmm. Ah, thank you, thank you, thank you for letting me see this. I honor that. I, I want to heal it, and I ask that all the back experiences that tie with this can be a part of this healing, too. Yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. And that brings me to our, uh, I think, our, probably our final discussion. Uh, I've been h- hitting on the points in your book that I feel like our listeners might have some uh, confusion with that are issues all over our nation. Not that your book is confusing, but that our, our, our nation is confused. Mm-hmm. Near the end of the book, you talk about trusting in goodness. So in the cynical mm. world in which we live, how do we begin to trust in goodness? Well, I think, it, I think you actually already said it. Um, you, you said that when you are in the moment, there is almost always something right there, which is an example of good, it's an example of beauty, it's an example of your safety. And, and so I think that once more we come back to being present and aware. Absolutely. Okay. Well, Sue, thank you so much for being on the Authentic Living Show today. We have really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. Yes, it was. Okay. Well, we'll be back again next week, so tune in for Neil Donald Walsh. We're going to be talking about change. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.